What's up, guys? Welcome back to Gen Alpha Talk. Today, I'll be talking about inflation. What is it, really? And you've been hearing it all over the news. Uh, and you're probably wondering, why is it so important? Well, today, I'll be telling you guys about it. What it is, uh, how to control it, and some examples, all right? Uh, okay, first, what is inflation? Inflation is a rise in prices, which can be translated as the decline of purchasing power over time. The rate at which purchasing power drops can be reflected in the average price increase of a basket of selected goods and services over some period of time. The rise in prices, which is often expressed as a percentage, means that a unit of currency effectively buys less than it did in prior periods. Inflation can be contrasted with deflation, which occurs when prices decline and purchasing power increases. So, while it's easy to measure the price changes of individual products over time, human needs extend beyond just one or two products. Individuals need a big and diversified set of products as well as hosts of services for living a comfortable life. They include commodities like food, grains, metal, fuel, utilities like electricity and transportation, services like healthcare, entertainment, and labor. Inflation aims to measure the overall impact of price changes for a diversified set of products and services. It allows for a single value representation of the increase in the price level of goods and services in an economy over a period of time. Prices rise, which means that one unit of money buys fewer goods and services this loss of purchasing power impacts the cost of living for the common public, which ultimately leads to a deceleration in economic growth. The consensus view among economists is that sustained inflation occurs when a nation's money supply growth outpaces economic growth. Uh, to combat this, the monetary authority, in most cases the central bank, takes necessary steps to manage the money supply and credit to keep inflation within permissible limits and keep the economy running smoothly. Theoretically, monetarism is a popular theory that explains the relation between inflation and the money supply of an economy. For example, following the Spanish conquest of the Aztec and Inca empires, massive amount of gold and especially silver flowed into Spanish and other European countries' uh, economies. Since the money supply uh, rapidly increased, the value of money fell, uh, contributing to rapidly rising prices. Inflation is measured in a variety of ways depending upon the types of goods and services. It's the opposite of deflation, which indicates a general decline in prices when the inflation rate falls below 0%. Keep in mind that deflation shouldn't be confused with uh, disinflation, which is a related term referring to a slowing down in the positive rate of inflation. So look at the causes of inflation. An increase in the supply of money is the root of inflation, though this can play out through different mechanisms in the economy, a country's money supply can be increased by the monetary authorities by printing and giving away more money to citizens, legally devaluing, reducing the value of the legal tender currency, loaning new money into existence as reserve account credits through the banking system by purchasing government bonds from banks on the secondary market, the most common method. In all of these cases, the money end up losing its purchasing power. The mechanism of how this drives inflation can be classified into three types. Demand-poor inflation, cost-push inflation, and built-in inflation. Demand-poor inflation occurs when an increase in the supply of money and credit stimulates the overall demand for goods and services to increase more rapidly than the economy's production capacity. 
this increases demand and leads to price rises. Uh, when people have more money, it leads to positive consumer sentiment, which in turn leads to higher spending, which pulls prices higher. It creates a demand supply gap with higher demand and less flexible supply, which results in higher prices. Cost push effect. Cost push inflation is a result of the increase in prices working through the production process inputs. When additions to supply of money and credit are channeled into a commodity or other asset markets, costs for all kinds of intermediate goods rise. This is especially evident when there is a negative economic shock to the supply of key commodities. These developments lead, a, lead to higher costs for the finished product or service and work their way into rising consumer prices. For instance, when the money supply is expanded, it creates a speculative boom in oil prices. This means that the cost of energy can rise and contribute to rising consumer prices, which is reflected in various measures of inflation. Built-in inflation Built-in inflation is related to adaptive expectations or the idea that you expect current inflation rates to continue in the future. As the price of goods and services rise, people may expect a continuous rise in the future at a similar rate. As such, workers may demand more costs or wages to maintain their standard of living. Their increased wages result in a higher cost of goods and services, and this wage spike spiral continues as one factor induces the other and vice versa. Types of price indexes. Uh, first is the consumer price index, uh, the most common one, CPI. The CPI is a measure that examines the weighted average of prices of a basket of goods and services that are uh, of primary consumer needs. They include transportation, food, and medical care. CPI is calculated by taking price changes for each item in the predetermined scale of goods and averaging them based on the relative weight in the whole basket. The prices in consideration are the retail prices of each item as available for purchase by the individual citizens. Changes in the CPI are used to assess price changes associated with the cost of living, making it one of the most frequently used statistics for identifying periods of inflation or deflation. In the US, the Bureau of Labor Statistics reports the CPI on a monthly basis and has calculated it far back as 1913. Consumer Price Index for All Urban Consumers, or CPIU, introduced in 1978 represents the buying habits of approximately 88% of non-institutional population of the United States. Next is the WPI, the Wholesale Price Index. The WPI is another popular measure of inflation. It measures and tracks the changes in the price of goods in stages before the retail level. While WPI items vary from one country to the other, they mostly include items at the producer or wholesale level. For example, it includes cotton prices for raw cotton, cotton yarn, cotton grey goods, and cotton clothing. Although many countries and organizations use WPI, many other countries, including the US, use a similar variant called the Producer Price Index, PPI. The PPI is a family of indexes that measures the average change in selling prices received by domestic producers of intermediate goods and services over time. The PPI measures uh, price changes from the perspective of the seller and differs from the CPI, which measures prices changed from the perspective of the buyer. In no variance, it's possible the rise in the price of one component, say oil, cancels out the price decline in another, say wheat. To a certain extent, overall, each index represents the average weighted price change for the given constituents, which may apply at the overall economy, sector, or commodity level. Uh, well, know it or not, there's pros and cons to inflation. Yeah. Uh, the pros, individuals with tangible assets like uh, property or stock commodities priced in their home currency may like to see some inflation as that rises the price of their assets, which they can sell at a high rate. 
Inflation often leads to speculation uh, by businesses in risky projects and by individuals who invest in company stocks because they expect better returns than inflation. In optimum level, inflation is often promoted to encourage spending to a certain extent instead of saving. If the purchasing power of money falls over time, then there may be greater incentive to spend now instead of saving and spending later. It may increase spending, which may boost economic activities in the country. A balanced approach is the to keep the inflation value in an optimum and desirable range. Cons: Buyers of such assets may not be happy with inflation, as they will be required to shell out more money. People who hold assets and valued in their home currency, such as cash or bonds, may not like inflation, as it erodes the real value of their holdings. As such, investors looking to protect their portfolios from inflation should consider inflation-hedged asset classes, such as gold, commodities, and real estate investment trusts. Inflation index bonds are another popular option for investors to profit from inflation. High and variable rates of inflation can impose major costs on the economy. Businesses, workers, and consumers must all account for effects of generally rising prices in their buying, selling, and planning decisions. This introduces a additional source of uncertainty into the economy because they may guess wrong about the rate of future inflation, time and resources standard, expended on researching, estimating, and adjusting economic behavior are expected to rise to the general level of prices, thus opposed to real economic fundamentals, which inevitably represents a cost to the economy as a whole. Even a low, stable, and easily predictable rate of inflation, which some consider otherwise optimal, may lead to serious problems in the economy. That's because of how, where, and when the new money enters the economy. Whenever new money and credit enters the economy, it's always into the hands of specific individuals or business firms. The process of price-level adjustments to new money supply proceeds as then they spend the new money and circulates from hand-to-hand and count, count through the economy. Inflation does drive up some prices first and drive up other prices later. The sequential change in purchasing power and prices, known as the Cantillon effect, means that the process of inflation not only increases the general price level over time, but it also distorts relative prices, wages, and rates of return along the way. Economists in general understand that distortions of relative price away from their economic equilibrium or not as good for the economy. And Austrian economists even believe this process to be a major driver of cycles of recession in this economy. Alright, now, let's talk about controlling inflation. A uh, country's financial regulator shoulders the important responsibility of keeping inflation in check. It's done by implementing measures through monetary policy, which refers to the actions of a central bank or other committees that determine the size and rate of growth of the money supply. In the U.S., the Fed's monetary possibly, uh, policy goals include moderate long-term interest rates, price stability, and maximum employment. Each of these goals is, to put, is intended to promote a stable financial environment. The Federal Reserve clearly communicates long-term inflation goals in order to keep a steady long-term rate in inflation, which is a thought to be a beneficial to the economy. Price stability, or a relatively constant level of inflation, allows businesses to plan for the future since they know what to expect. Uh, the Fed believes that this will promote maximum employment, which is determined by non-monetary factors that fluctuate over time and are therefore subject to change. For this reason, the Fed doesn't set a specific goal for maximum employment. It is largely determined by employees' assessments. Uh, maximum employment does not mean zero unemployment. At any given time, there is a certain level of volatility as people vacate and start new jobs. 
Monetary authorities also take exceptional measures in extreme conditions of the economy. For instance, following the 2008 financial crisis, the U.S. Fed has kept the interest rates near zero and pursued a bond buying program called quantitative easing. Some critics of the program allege it would cause a spike in inflation of the U.S. dollar, but inflation peaked in 2007 and declined steadily over the next eight years. There are many complex reasons why QE didn't lead to inflation or hyperinflation. The, the simplest explanation is that the recession itself was a very prominent defla- uh, deflationary environment, and quantitative easing supported its effects. Consequently, the U.S. policymakers have attempted the acute inflation study at around 2% per year. The ECB, or the European Central Bank, has also pursued aggressive quantitative easing to counter deflation in the eurozone. And some places have experienced uh, negative interest rates. That's due to fears that deflation could take hold in the eurozone and lead to economic stagnation. Moreover, countries that are experiencing higher rates of growth can absorb higher rates of inflation. India's target is around 4%, with an upper tolerance of 6% and a lower tolerance of 2%. Well, Brazil aims for 3.5%, with an upper of 5% and a low of 2%. Now, how do you hedge against inflation? Stocks are considered to be the best hedge against inflation, as the rise in stock prices is inclusive of the effects of inflation, since additions to the money supply in virtually all modern economies occur as bank credit injections. Through the financial system, much of the immediate effect on prices happens in financial assets that are priced in their home currency, such as stocks. Special financial instruments exist that one can use to safeguard investments against inflation. They include treasury inflation, protected securities, uh, loadless treasury security that is indexed to inflation where the principal amount invested is increased by a percentage of inflation. We can also opt for TIPS mutual fund or TIPS-based exchange-traded funds or ETFs to get access to stocks, ETFs, and other funds. They can help you avoid dangers of inflation. You'll only need a broker's account. Choosing a stock broker can be a tedious process due to a variety among them. Gold is also considered to be a hedge against inflation, although this doesn't always appear to be a case looking backward. So, alright, this is the end of my episode. Uh, hope you guys had a great listen. If you did, hit the like, subscribe, and share button, and I'll be here again tomorrow. Goodbye.